You are now listening to the Why Is It Like That podcast, a mental health podcast where we discuss the crippling effects and stories of PTSD, anxiety, depression, and suicide. The views and opinions of our guests are not our own, but merely their side of the story related to trauma, addiction, and mental health. We are real, raw, and uncut. The stories you hear are not easy to hear. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Trey Trevino, alongside your other host, Heath Garcia. We both suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression, just like you. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the United States Navy and have seen firsthand effects of mental health on our society and ask the question, why is it like that? We share your stories to provide freedom and comfort to the people of this world, that there is hope, that there is peace, and that we will all be okay. But first, I'd like to start by taking a moment of silence for the ones we've lost to this mind battle, to our military that we have lost, and to the soldiers, sailors, marines, coasties, and airmen that are deployed in harm's way, away from their families, missing their child being born, birthdays, anniversaries, and even deaths of loved ones. Not what y'all been waiting for, the Why Is It Like That podcast. Let's get it! What is going on, guys? It's uh, Why Is It Like That podcast, Trey Trevino. And your boy, Heath Garcia. What's going on? Uh, Today's topic is self-control. Um, we're up in the new studio. We want to thank everybody that's uh, donated towards us. I mean, we got homeboy Nick Ritchie right here, um, Silver Lake Studios right there, um, and everybody that's donated. I mean, we got the new space and studio in here. We got the new Rodecaster Pro. We got a couple microphones coming in. Um, it's 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 wonderful what's going on. We're glad that we're reaching people, and we didn't really think it was going to hit this hard, this fast. This was just going to start off as a hobby, huh? Talk yeah. about self-control, huh? Yeah, yeah, right. Thank you also to North End. North, North End, End Fitness. Fitness. God damn. Big time. So, Trey, let's go through our disclaimer, shall we? For all the new listeners out there that we probably have, because word is spreading rapidly. Um, first of all, this is a no-nonsense, no non-filtered, bringing-it-to-you-raw podcast. Um and live stream. So what's said in this in this context is meant to be said like that in this context. Um, viewer discretion is advised. Uh, obviously, uh, we talk about the relative issues of PTSD, suicide, trauma, and anxiety. Um, and technically to our viewers out there, just like uh, Trey and I, you can be triggered. So make sure that you're in a safe space listening to this podcast. If you do get triggered, remember where you're at at the time. All right. Count out your objects. Make sure that you have your protocol in place to be able to come back from that. Cool. Um, let's take a moment of silence, as always, for all the air, the airmen, soldiers, sailors, and Marines out in harm's way. All those wonderful families and, and loved ones that have lost a service member or a civilian to either combat, suicide, any type of uh, any type of trauma whatsoever that they've lost a family member too. That those people that are suffering tonight, God be with you. Take a moment of silence. Always again, thank you for listening and tuning in as we start jumping right into this topic of self-control. Yeah. 
Oh, wrong one. We got some new stingers in here. Here we go. <laughs> Having too much fun with this. Yeah, thing. right. So, self control <clears throat> is an an inhibitory control, uh, or the ability to regulate one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in the face of temptation and impulse. Self-control is a cognitive function. So is PTSD. PTSD affects your cognitive processes. So you can see why we're going to be talking about self-control because you tie them both together. PTSD affects self-control. I'm going to go through five ways. This is what I read anyway. Five ways to control self-control. One is remove the temptation of whatever is causing you to lose your self-control. Two, learn how to manage your stress. Three, measure your progress. Four, forgive yourself. Five, prioritize things. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about these as we go. Um, and then we're going to look at uh, PTSD cognitive effects. Now, this is pretty interesting. So cognitive effects of PTSD affect your memory, attention, your planning, and your problem solving. So when you look at self-control, that goes into your planning, that goes into your problem solving, that goes into, obviously, your memory because of repetition, and it goes in t- into your attention. Sometimes it takes all of our attention. Trey, what do you feel is the most important part of self-control? The most self, uh, most important, I think, is knowing what can happen if you go, if you lose that self-control. In my opinion, like the repercussions and the effects of what can happen, in my humble opinion. Agreed. <clears throat> Do you think that it's an excuse to lose your self-control or to have less of a ability to control yourself because you have PTSD? No, I don't think it's a good excuse. I personally don't think there should be an excuse, but everybody has their problems. Everybody has... <laughs> You know, because you can't just go out in town and lose your shit knowing it's going to affect other people. You know what I mean? True. Because there's like families out there and stuff, too. So know your know, know how far you're getting, know what you're going to get yourself into. So I think that one of the important aspects, I, I agree, but I I do disagree in a sense. The too. talk show, homie. Tell me what's up. <laughs> so check it. Check it out. Say you're in a in a crowd, right? And uh, just say you're maybe a vet, or no, nah, you know what? Let's take the vet thing out of this right now. Okay. Let's go. Let's go deep. Let's reach deep. And like the Las Vegas shooting, you remember that when old boy thought he was a sniper? Well, he was a sniper, but yeah. he thought he was he thought he was out there taking out the enemy or something. Yeah, and shooting into a into a live concert, right? And all these people were dropping and all of a sudden a mass panic hit. Okay. You take one of those survivors now and you put them out in a large crowd. First of all, just to be out in that crowd, I think they'd be on edge. No doubt. True. But then you start adding different equations into it, like high rise buildings in that crowd. You know what I mean? In an open environment, things like that. I think that to be able to control their actions at that time is going to be fairly diminished than if it would be if none of that stuff happened or there was certain other things in place. Okay. You dig? Mm-hmm. Because 
honestly, if it's, if PTSD is an emotional type of, uh, trauma, like, uh, emotional type of reaction to trauma that affects your cognitive processes of your brain, then you're going to be acting on pure raw emotion when it comes to self-control. It's affected by emotion too. I get what you're saying. I guess the point that I was talking about was for myself, like say with alcoholism, losing your shit, losing control Okay. with that. You know what I mean? Like me, like stuff affecting me at home and stuff and I'm fucking drinking away and then I'm drunk and I go into town and all slobber fakes and shit. For me, that's like, that's not an excuse for myself to be like that out in public. Right. Or, or like, you know, just because you didn't get your way or your, your fucking feelings are hurt. Now you're going to go masturbate yeah. watching pornography because yeah. that's what you want to fall back to. Or yeah. I, 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 that's where I, I was it. coming from. I get it. Yeah. I don't have, you got the PTSD. I got the anxiety, depression and addiction right. more. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, you are better to speak on that one than I am. So is it safe to say then that self-control is, we can, we can split it into two and some, actions or reactions that people might have with self-control and losing self-control can be justified and not justified. Yeah. Okay. So what I think that you're saying is that coping mechanisms are a part of self-control that these five rules pertain to that we can actually harness and fix. Okay. So let's take, let's take alcoholism. Okay. Yeah. If you don't mind. No. And I'll let you talk about this and I'm going to say, We're all right. Real raw and uncut. Right. So self-control and cognitive functions. Let's look at alcoholism and what you had to go through. And let's look at step one, remove the temptation. How do you remove the temptation from alcoholism? Get rid of it from your house entirely. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Anyway. Um, okay. So what happens if say everybody in the house drinks alcohol too. And then I don't know what to tell you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Because nobody in my house really, my wife don't drink. Right. So I just keep myself in my house and stay away. If I know that I'm going to lose my shit, like I ain't going to go to a party full of people drinking because I know I'm going to, I can't control it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to lose your shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay. So you remove the alcohol. All right. So you can't remove that alcohol. Let's look at number two, learn how to manage stress. How does stress, how does managing stress help you not reach for a bottle? Because I ain't wanting it as much. If I'm managing my stress and the stress is the trigger to drink and I'm not really harnessing it, but keeping it at bay, I think that the, the want to drink subsides. Okay. We got a comment right quick from Jesus Revilla. He says, but those people didn't have the training vets have. I think vets are different than those folks. Does that make sense? We all, we have self-control in those situations. Ooh. Uh-huh. Talking about, are you talking, hey, Jesus, are you talking about the, <laughs> hey, Jesus, are you talking about the shooting situation? We're in a delay, so. Oh, all right. So if if you are talking about that situation, let me know. And that way I know exactly how I'm going to throw that out there and, and hit you, hit you with the, the comeback. All right. Um, so, okay. That's a good point, Trey. If you can manage your stress and you have low stressors or positive stressors instead of negative ones, then 
you don't even look for the bottle. That's what you're telling me. Yes. Okay. Um, what about measuring your progress? So say you've been doing really well. Say you've been through all your AA meetings, right? Mm-hmm. And you've gone five months sober. Okay. How does measuring that progress keep you away from that bottle? Accountability. Okay. I see the accountability and I'm, you're like, well, why are you going to waste all that time spent and then have to restart? So it kind of holds you accountable in a certain way. And the farther that goes, right? That's who said yes. Okay. And the farther that goes, then you're saying that the more accountable you are. Yeah, it's like um, a trophy in a sense, like a glass trophy, say you're a month. It's so big, two months, so big, three months. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's so big. And so many people are counting on you like you're doing so well. You're you're counting on yourself, your family. Everybody's looking at this and then you shatter it. You know what I mean? It's this accountability thing. It's breaks. Okay. I'm going to jump back to uh, Jesus's question or Jesse. Jesse was my buddy in Strong Hope. He's over on the other end of the United States. So um, thanks for tuning in, Jesse. I know it's probably like 9, 10 o'clock over there. Um, but to answer your question and, and how I feel about it, I think that that statement is practical, but impractical. And the reason why I say that is because yes, soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marines were trained to handle high stress situations. We're put through a lot of intensive training, video training, scenario training, I mean, workup training to try to get that muscle memory stuff ingrained in us when bad things happen. However, when I look at that type of training, that is also a subconscious type of reaction to something because in the face of adversity or terror, we're not thinking rationally. We're thinking subconsciously because the rational thought goes out the window, right? Um, So just like a civilian, they're going to react through their subconscious. And I think that it's going to be harder for them to harness self-control in situations like that than us um, to a certain extent. Depends on the amount of trauma, the amount of bullshit that somebody's been through, if you ask me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did I answer that question Um, or that statement? Did Did I reply to that statement correctly? Let me know. If I'm missing something, Jesse, then uh, shoot me back. And then I like literally, okay. <laughs> but, you know, hit me back and then then we'll further discuss it. Um, So how does forgiving yourself help you stay off the bottle? Because if you if you don't forgive yourself, you're constantly not, not really judging, but you're looking at yourself like, well, I'm a piece of shit. What does it matter anyways? So whenever you forgive yourself and you look at yourself and be like, it's okay that you broke down. You're only human. It makes you feel normal again. Okay. You know what I mean? It makes you feel like you're human. You're normal. You don't have to put a thousand pounds on your shoulders saying, no, I'm a piece of shit. I did all this. I'm nothing now. I don't amount to nothing. Everybody looks at me this way. So it just compounds on top of wanting you to drink even more. So for me, it's like if I forgive myself and tell myself, not that it's okay the thing, the the effects that it caused, but you're human. You broke. Yeah. Okay. So the shame monster gets pulled off the back. What yes. Are you telling me. Yeah. 
Okay. And that allows for more clear, concise thinking to be able to say, yep, I don't need to go down the same road that I went down. Yes. What about prioritizing things? How does prioritizing things kind of weave all this stuff together and not picking up the bottle? Well, like I said, the accountability, I think you're more clear headed and you can see what you're doing in your career, family. You, pr- you start prioritizing, seeing what's really, what really matters in your life. Okay. So tell me what really matters in your life. We Fam- all know your family. Family. Got it. Above anything. Okay. What else? Career. Okay. What else? That's about it. Okay. Family and career. I mean, what more can you, I mean, this, this is awesome. Okay. This is, you know, side thing. Okay. So you're looking at your family, your career, then you're looking at your hobbies. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else out there that I'm missing? And believe me, if anybody in the room that's listening um, to the podcast right now, um, feel free, throw in everything that you got. That way we can make this a dynamic discussion. Um, I love dynamic in a discussion because it throws variables in there that, you know, sometimes we don't think about. So please throw those variables in. Yeah. If you want to, um, you want to come on the show, bring us see we can make it work. Shoot me a text and we'll see if we can hook you up uh, so we can get you called in here if you want. All right. So that's just on the alcoholism part. So why is it like that? Fuck. We're about to find out. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so. Let me go through and talk about removing temptation from a guy that deals with uh, chasing women and at one point pornography as well. Okay. So removing the temptation is hard, period. Can't remove women from the face of the earth, right? No. Okay. However, pornography now, if you ask me what is more inflicting of damaging, right, and leads to all the other shit. It's going to be the pornography into the into the into the mindset of chasing or looking for that chase from a woman. Um, so it's easy to get rid of the uh, get rid of the pornography, obviously. Period. Okay, and that's not to pick it up. Um, and that, in its sense, gives you strength to be able to fight the other urge and temptation for receiving the chase from a woman. In, right. in real life. In real life. Not for fake. For reals. Not for fakes. Not for fakes. All right. Now, managing stress, like you said, if you can manage your stress. So there's so many things that we have going on throughout the day. I'm not talking about positive stress. Coming to do a podcast is positive stress. Playing with the kids, that's positive stress. Um, playing with a dog, that's positive stress. Um, taking the family out to eat or something like that. You know what I mean? Working out. Those are all types of positive stressors. And we encourage those types of positive stressors in your life. Okay. Hobbies, either painting, um, anything, anything you like to do, mountain biking, rock climbing, doesn't matter. All positive stressors. Do it. Okay. The stressors we're talking about on how to learning or learning on how to manage. We're talking about arguments being getting up late, you know what I mean? Going to work late. Um, the boss's attitude, stuff like that, that comes around your day that pushes you to that point of negative self-esteem to where you feel like, okay, you know what? I need to fall back into that rut. All right. So yes, learning how to manage that stress is important. Um, for me, 
I take myself out of the situation or I'll take myself to a different state of being like, as far as I'll do my breathing techniques or I'll go like, I got a, a second job that I work at. You know what I mean? And that is my decompression. So, um, when I, I take all my stress out and it, it sounds funny, but I'm a warehouse worker. Right. And I work in a feed store. So I'll go back there and I'll throw bales of hay and bags of feed everywhere. You know what I mean? And that's my stress relief. That helps me decompress that stuff. And it gives me a positive self-control, positive self-motivation to say, I did something constructive. You know what I mean? And that kind of gets me out of that rut. I measure my progress, like you said, by time. Time is of the essence. Time is time is what's important. Um, the longer I go without doing it, the less I want to do it. And therefore, in turn, makes me happier because now I'm not making the same or tripping over the same tripwire or making the same mistake as before to where now I'm pissing everybody off. I'm pissing my wife off. I'm pissing my kids off. Um, my self-esteem starts going down to the dumps. You know what I mean? And I got an interesting point. Make, remind me about self-esteem later that I heard. Right. Um, but that is how I measure my progress is through time. I think that is the best and only way to really measure progress. Or in challenging situations, when challenging situations arise, um, i.e. when you're maybe chilling with your friends, you know, um, or you're just doing something else. And for me, maybe, you know, some girl hits on me. How do I react to that? The right man would react to it. That You know, the, the man that I'm trying to be would react to it and shut it down. I'm like, oh, well, thanks, you know, and then walk away or whatever, you know, not pay no mind to it. Um how do we react to situations like that? How do you act like if your friend's like, hey, bro, more beer? It's stupid. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that in itself too, um, time is how we manage our progress or measure our progress. Forgiving self when you do things that are shameful is hard. I know firsthand. I know you know firsthand. A lot of our listeners know firsthand because... Well, playing out, we feel nasty and disgusting when we do dumb shit that we don't like to do or that's not of our character, right? You are a service member, a Navy chief, mm -hmm. okay? Um, you're a veteran. No matter how you look at it, you went on an aircraft carrier. You know what I mean? You've loaded bombs. You've done that. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Yo, yes. Yeah. There. There's for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> But, and, and just like me, as a master in arms, we uphold the law, blah, 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 okay, of the Navy. Um, I, I like more along the lines of combat operations of what I, what I was able to support. That was me, okay? I liked being the team guy. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. went out there and, and got shit done. Um, so the team guy that chases women all the time or whatever, or, you know, jerks it to porn, that's shameful. You know what I mean? We don't want to talk about that shit. I don't want to relive that shit. I don't want to sit there. It, it just, it detracts from our character. And when it detracts from our character, we want to push it away and pretend like it doesn't exist. Because if we allow it to exist in our lives, then it dirties our character. And we're no. not that, we're not that type of person. You know what I'm Marcel saying? Marcel Martinez. You know? <gasps> shit. I got to hide. That's Marty. Yeah. He's been he's been commenting a bunch. Well, well, he says uh, he said dirt sailor. 
Yeah, but he said, uh, "Thanks, bro." He said, <laughs> "He said uh, we all fall short. The guilt is that we feel we are not something you will never be. Perfect. Yeah. And self-esteem is the hardest one. It's hidden and not often realized. <laughs> now I'm bringing that self-esteem shit up, right? So I I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but we went to marriage counseling, my wife and I." We got an awesome doctor out here in town. This dude is legit. Like I, I went right. We're sitting there and he's like, all right. So what have you heard about me? That was his first question. Right. And I was just like, well, and then, you know, my wife and I answered, we're like, well, we heard you're straight to the point. You know what I mean? And, and you don't fuck around. You're like, bam, this is what it is. And he's like, okay. And he's like, so how often do you have sex? He like threw out that question. Like, boom. boom. I'm like, whoa. Right. Like, <laughs> I, for real that's the first question he threw out there and he's like okay let me and then he started fucking around he's like all right let me give you a politically correct answer and he turned sideways he's like so how would you like me to help you and you grow in your relationship and he's like nah fuck that i can't do that no. and he started cussing and he started talking normal and I, lo- I love that shit right yeah Bro, dude the guy's awesome but he talked about self-esteem he said what is self-esteem you know and we're sitting there and it's like well self-esteem is how we feel. He's like, self-esteem is a lost concept. He said, self-esteem is made up of everybody else's what everybody else fucking thinks of you. That's what self-esteem is. This is bullshit. And it's true. We go through, right? And we sit there and we think about, we think about how, oh, uh, just, you know, I better not say anything like this because it's going to make me look bad. And if I look bad, then I'm going to feel bad. And then if I feel bad, then I'm going to be a piece of shit. And then if I'm a piece of shit, then I'm not going to have no friends. You know what I mean? And, and then it just goes downhill from there, right? He said, why, why are you being a pussy? That's what he told me. He said, why are you being a pussy? Why, why don't you just tell your, your wife what's up, you know, and whenever, you know. And I'm not going to put all my business out there, but just how he said that. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're being a pussy. Just just be be who you are, you know. Your wife loves you for you. Don't, don't, don't worry about your self-esteem. You know what I mean? Who cares? It's what other people think about you. Who gives a fuck what other people think about you? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. But it is hard because we do give a damn what people think about us. Right. But right of a sudden, the reason why we care so much about what what they think about us, it makes us put on the mask. The mask. We walk around the fucking mask on and guess what? Then we still look stupid. Yeah. You right. So, off self-esteem. Now, back to the discussion. Prioritizing things. Whenever we feel like life is in chaos, we don't, and that goes with prioritizing, right? Whenever we feel like our life is in chaos, then we look for those coping mechanisms because we need a way out a second just to breathe. That's what it feels like, right? Um, So definitely having a priority list of things to do helps you with that. Also, keeping that family time, those hobbies in check with your career and not letting them drown each other out. Right. Yeah. That's what prioritizing helps you with. And then it removes that stress level, the negative stress level. It also helps you measure your progress because you're going to start getting different reactions from your family members. If you spend more time, quality time with them, um, you're going to feel better about yourself by doing the things you like to do. You know what I mean? You're and by that. Then those stressors, the negative stressors are going to be gone which removes the temptation of you doing those things you used to do. So it's almost like 
a win-win equation. Yeah. But like you said, self-control, so work, hobbies, everything. Too much of anything is not good. I don't care what it is. I don't know why. You just look at anything. Any Too much of anything is bad. You drinking? You drink too much coffee, you begin the jitters and stuff. You shut the hell up. Yeah, hey, I'm just saying. But too much of anything turns into bad, in my humble opinion. All right, we got some more comments coming in here. Ana Trevino, my uh, stepmom, she said, uh, no one wants to live in the past. That's why you need to forgive and move forward and do and do better in everything. Fully agree with that, 100%. So, hold on. Read that one more time. No one wants to live in the past. That's why you need to forgive and move forward and do better in everything. <laughs> I still getting used to the sound card, too. So, that's... That's fine and dandy when it comes to everything small. What about what happens when a motherfucker gets shot? Yeah. You got to forgive him for that. You know? Hey. And I'm just throwing that out there. No, yeah. Because there's different levels of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But, Anna, you're definitely right. I'm not disagreeing that you have to forgive and forget and move forward to get past yourself. What I'm simply saying without being disagreeable is there is different deeper levels of forgiveness. And I think that everybody needs to challenge themselves to find that deeper level and to truly forgive themselves instead of putting a blanket on it, saying they did when they really didn't. Word. Jesse said, Jesse Trevia said, what happens when you try to do things to be self-controlling, i.e. me working on boats and motorcycles, and you spend more time doing that than spending time with family, and we are done again. But we were doing things to try and help ourselves. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And that we can we can throw that back to measuring your progress and prioritizing things. You know what I mean? Jesse, I know you, brother. I love you throughout. You know what I mean? You're a great person. And I know that the struggle is real with what you're going through. Um, I think that you're doing good things. The motorcycle and the car working on things like that. Um, also and 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 the boat stuff. Sorry. Um, boats and holes. <laughs> he said bolts and holes. <laughs> oh shit! You guys wanted raw, right? So we're throwing it out there. We're just messing around, um, having a good time while we're talking about some serious shit. But um, here's what I'm gonna tell you, Jesse: Don't ever let yourself tell yourself that you're not good enough for your family. I'll say that again: Don't ever let yourself tell yourself that you're not good enough for your family and all you're really good at is working on motorcycle or yeah, motorcycles and boats. You know what I mean? It's a good stress relief, but prioritize that shit. Remember that the Lord himself gave you that wife and those babies of yours to truly feel his love and his blessings. All right. And you are worthy of that shit. He gave it to you. You are worthy, my friend. And I know you, I know your demons. You are worthy. Okay. So drop the pinch of ranch, go grab your wife, give her a kiss on the lips, okay? Hug your kids, go eat some some carne asada or something, go barbecue, I don't know. Fuck, okay? Make sure you hold her tight, man. I know I know what you're going through, the person. Don't let it defeat you. But good, good outlet, though. I'm going to bring you my fucking boat when I get one. I'm about to say, where's the boat? I'm going to get on Shut up, boat. fool. So Marty, you said his name's Marty, right? Yeah, yeah. 
He said, uh, what are the hardest nine words of personal growth? And also, what will people think and what will people say? Mm. And also, he said, fellas, what would you say is the greatest contributor to impacting a person's self-esteem? The greatest contributor to impacting? Positive feedback. Or people, to me. Because people influence your self-esteem. You look at kids these days when they go into school, it's ridiculous. Um, shoot, just the, just the stuff that... I witness outside when my daughter's standing outside for the bus. It's, it's somewhat of a fucking soap opera, I tell you. And these kids are like 11. You know what I mean? Yeah, my, son, like, my son's like, oh, drama. I'm like, yeah. what you know about drama? He's yeah. like, there's always drama at school. I hate it. I'm like, damn. This shit doesn't get lighter either. You go to work, it's drama, smoke pit drama. It just turns into a different forum. You know what I mean? Of what everybody else thinks about so-and-so and so-and-so hears that and they feel bad about themselves. When in other words, we should really like you, Marty, because I learned this from you is you should be looking at the motherfuckers and be like, yeah, I hold my dick. So, you know what I mean? Or et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? There's just different, different stipulations to shit, but fuck it. You know what I mean? Why? He also said, we all bear scars. The scars of life remind you of what caused them and what you learned from them as well as help. You forgive whatever gave them to you. And everybody said they love you. And everybody loves us. Uh, Anna said again, uh, she said, uh, I totally agree with you, Heath. Different levels of forgiveness depending on the situation. Thank you. And then uh, Marty said, uh, when we become stagnant in life, it magnifies battles inside. Keep pushing Jesse. He said, whiskey helps in moderation, of course. (laughs) <laughs> it's true though man yeah, i'm not okay. we ain't bashing alcohol like yeah. i'm not like i'm not I, on a fucking protest if that's I what love, you're telling me i still like alcohol i just needed to harness it to where i wasn't fucking losing my goddamn mind with it you know what i mean um aaron heisel that's another fellow brother chief that's my homie from back in san diego he said i love this podcast this shit's real thanks for what you do brothers what <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, man. Fellow AO, you know what I'm saying? I owe you to the end. If you are ordinance, you ain't shit. Is that what it stands for? If you ain't ordinance, oh, you ain't shit. my bad. Give him one. Hey, hey, let's get a shout out for K9, okay? Yeah. For you. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my sugar container, he said. Fuck. I miss that big ass drink cups. Remember them big ass drink cups you said? Hey, so... Marty, he's my best friend, and fucking, we used to drink all the time together. And this fool, we literally, he'd have a glass like this fucking tall, and it'd be filled with three quarters of fucking Crown Royal and like that much Coke. And I don't know how, but this motherfucker never lost his shit. <laughs> some, <laughs> some people don't, man. People like me, I'm fucking, I'm one of those people. This fool call me shit. Shit, ah, man. Ah, damn. All right. This is good. I like I like the feedback back and forth. Yep. Uh, people talking, us being able to converse with you. It's like you're in the room yourself. Mm-hmm. So, back to the topic. Back to the topic. Can you uh, shut the phone off, please? Chill out, bro. You owe us donuts. Phone went <laughs> off. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> So, uh, I love these sound effects. (laughs) So cognitive effects of PTSD. Now let's jump it into self-control, right? Because it is a cognitive function. Yes. As we described here and true or false, 
if you have PTSD, does it make it harder for you to have self-control? I'm sure it does. Why is it like that? Why is it like that? Because it affects your brain. Fight or flight, right? Well, according to according to the the survey here that I have and the uh, article, um, like I told you, the cognitive effects affect memory, attention, planning, and problem solving. So problem solving is learning how to manage stress, right? Planning would, to me, would go into prioritizing things, attention, um, again, removing the temptation, paying attention, you know what I mean? Memory, I think all of those affect with memory. So yes, I say for a fact that if you have PTSD, it's harder to have self-control in certain situations. I wouldn't use it as a blanket excuse for every fucked up thing you do, but I say that it is true. It's harder. So how do we control it? How do, how do we, how do we get, how do we harness that shit? How do we harness it guys? How do y'all harness it? Where's that little, here we go. You open up. Oh shit. As in. Marty said you open up. Okay. So how would I open up about this, Marty? You talking about like having that talk with uh, your significant other or your kids or something like, Hey, look, daddy can't be in this fucking type of situation or baby, I can't do this shit. So you talk to someone, you open up, you talk to somebody, keep pushing. Okay. So let me ask you this, Trey, does alcohol affect your memory? Yes. Or your attention? Immensely. Planning? Yes. Problem solving? Yes. So. Uh-oh, he's smiling. <laughs> does does porn affect your memory? Then it affects image. Okay. Like your image of what it should be. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's a fucking fact. And that's true. I'm not making fun of you here. But did you know that usually... The average age now for people that are watching porn is around 12 to 13 years old. Oh, so they already think that's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. So then when they get into authentic, true, established relationships and they have a real sexual experience that they either feel that that experience is warped or it's not satisfying to them so they can't have an orgasm. So like the bar for them is up here. And it just goes, actually yeah, and then right one here. day, yeah, and then it's fucking down here, and then they can't even get hard. <laughs> Marty said porn equals carpal tunnel. And that too, and hairy palms, but <laughs> the same thing with so many other things, though. And I'm using porn because that's what we've talked about before. That's what I've known. You know what I mean? That's what I read about. Um, it desensitizes our concept of intimacy. Yes. Yes, most definitely. What about alcohol? It desensitizes fucking everything. I think alcohol desensitizes emotion. Yes. And I think it desensitizes your sense of, well... Reality. Yeah. Makes you feel better at the time. Mm-hmm. What about... That's why people drink at parties. Like, think about it. Because most people are, like, antisocial. At least most people I know. I am. Mm-hmm. You drink and it helps you. Like, what do they say? You got the... um. What is it? What the fuck did they say it is? Mm-hmm. Like where it makes you want to drink and makes you want to talk more. They have like a little fucking name for it. Uh, liquid courage. Oh no! It's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like liquid though. courage. Yeah, it it pretty much drops your 
your fucking guard. Yeah. Glor- Gloria said, and when someone tells you something, don't be so quick to shut them out. Okay. Like hear people's opinions out. Yeah, that's true. Marty said, alcohol softens your inhibitions. Aaron said, social lubrication. Hey, that's a good one, Aaron. I like that. And I agree. I, I, I agree to all that. Marty too. Um, alcohol is the catalyst to be able to have fun. It seems like, it seems like everybody has to drink to kind of let their guard down. Like you said, uh, have that social lubrication, like Aaron said, to be able to just be themselves a little bit when in fact, I mean, yeah, alcohol is fun. All right. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying not to, not to drink or have a, a few when you're out about with your, with your people. That's not what I'm saying. But don't look at it as a sole way to be able to loosen up. Yeah, Melanie used to tell me that all the time. She's yeah. like, why do you need alcohol to loosen up? I'm like, I don't know. It's the only thing that does it. She's like, find other things. There's other things to do. Well, fuck. If you fix your hair, dude, maybe you can get more friends. <laughs> That's because Melanie told me before we left. She's like, are you going to fix your hair? You're going to be on camera. <laughs> like, we're real raw and uncut. It says fucking Mr. Glasses on Mr. Glasses on a forehead. Yeah, a sweater. Loped out. Fuck. You're, you're, you're California showing, bro. <laughs> All right. So any, any, we got anything else that's on there? Said do the laundry. <laughs> oh shit. Who said that? Marty said do the laundry, bro. Oh shit. That's, that's my mama. That's my mama. Hey. Gloria. Yeah. And you're right, mom. You're right. And, uh, that's true. So I'm going to, I'm going to come, I'm going to comment on that. So she said, and when someone tells you something, don't be so quick to shut them out. And what I, what I think what um, you mean is when somebody tells you something that, that affects them and what's wrong with you, right? Don't be so quick to put your guard up as if it's an attack um, and let them finish. Let, let, them, let them get that off their chest because if you don't know what's bothering them about you, then how can you fix it? And I totally get it. And it also it shows you a sense of work. You know what I mean? Like, like things that, that you need to fix, if that makes sense to be a better person. It's not necessarily always meant to, to like drive that spike into your chest and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're a piece of shit or something. Just more along the lines to help you see something that you might not be seeing. And that also goes into managing stress because like I said, all the negative stress that you're going through is what overall affects you. When self-control, the other stuff. What else we got? Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. That's what Aaron said. Damn, that's deep, Aaron. Man, Aaron, you're good with the slick of the mouth. Yeah. Silver tongue. <laughs> What's up, William? Glad to see you on, on here, man. How's your stuff? So, William Atkins also has a podcast out there. What's your name of your podcast, William? I'm going to throw your plug out there because... He was doing this stuff a while ago. Oh, was he? Yeah. Not, I don't know if for mental health per se, but I know he's got a podcast out there and he's been, he's been killing it too. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Marty, you're right. They, they don't have all the answers, you know what I mean? For, for what you're going through or the things that, that is wrong with you, but they do have perspective on what you need help with. You know what I mean? And, and how it affects mainly how it affects others. Cause sometimes you can't see that. It's like, uh, I don't know. It, I just keep going back to this self-control model of, of where you let your self-control down and it just kind of like self-destructs on everything. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. 
Welcome to the show, Val. Right? So, what do you got to say about self-control, honey? Paragraph. Man. So, anybody got any stories about self-control? Yeah, we're almost at an hour. I want to get some some good good stuff in here. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be all... So, William. William Atkins podcast is named Top of the Mountain. Top of the Mountain. Go check it out. Check it out, man. You're on Apple, right? William? He'll get back to us. And Marty has one too, but what what's the name? Is it just called Ivan? And Val said, self-control, right? It's a bitch, but self-control is important, especially in areas you don't want to lose yourself in, which is very true because it tends, those areas that we like to be in is, is generally where we need to have self-control at. Cause like Val just said, you kind of, if you don't control it, you will lose yourself into it. You'll get deep into it and it kind of just destroys you at that point, especially if it's a coping mechanism or some type of just negative type of behavior, period. (laughs) So I'll tell you about, here's a story real quick, right? I'll give you a little story about self-control. So I had, like I said, I work a second job. It's outside of the Navy. I'm used to you know, taking care of sailors and everything inside the Navy, right? So I have a certain type of work ethic. Usually when you deal with people that work in the Navy or work for the Navy, you have a general way of talking to them and they understand and they talk to you the same way. So the the, the lingo is vice versa. You know what I mean? There's no, now I don't know what it is, but it's like a foreign language to a civilian if you try to act the way that I'm used to or accustomed to you, to acting. You know what I mean? And the same thing goes with them too, though. You know, they don't understand how we would normally react to something that they do. So when I have a customer that comes out there and loses their self-control about how they're acting, you know, i.e. being very, just being an asshole. Okay. And customer's always right. Right. A customer, fuck that. They're always fucking right. (laughs) But, um, no. So, you know, they, they came up and they're being a fucking asshole and they're like, you know, that's not the right stuff. And, and I've been sitting out here and fucking blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well we have, you know, five orders pending. You know what I mean? We're loading them as we get them. Just stand by and we'll get you loaded up. And I proceed to be fucking bashed upon. You know what I mean? While I'm loading <laughs> other customers and shit. And to me, it took everything in me. Not to fucking just be like knife hand this fucking trick, <laughs> knife hand this trick and just be like, you know what? You need to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Take a seat in your fucking car and I'll load your shit up when I'm fucking ready to, right? I didn't do that. And it took everything in me not to do that. But she was just blah, 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 fucking going on and on and on and on and on. So I took, <laughs> I remember I took the fucking feed, right? And they're like 50 pound bags. And I'm like, all right, ma'am. So open the back that catch door and she's like yeah just put them right there and i, I, I should have had this shit loaded 20 minutes ago and where's your boss and blah blah i'm like fuck i hit this shit and i just fucking take it and i remember i like did like a straight austin fucking stone cold steve austin body <laughs> slam fucking shit with the feed right into the back of her car like i made the whole car jump when i threw the shit down and it was like four bags and she's like looking at me when he did it and then i just looked at her and i left her fucking hatch open I was like, bye. 
And I just fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking walked out, right? You just lost a customer. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm just like, well, fuck you too, you know, but I didn't say anything. So I want to say that in the in the self-control realm, I think I gave myself 100%. Um, I removed the temptation from slapping the shit out of this trick, <laughs> right? Um, I, managed, I managed my stress very well. Um, in, a, in the forms of measuring my progress, I think I'm doing pretty good. I, I think I'm, uh, I've been working there for like four months, so that's how I'm measuring my progress and not slapping people. Um, yeah, and the prioritization and forgiving stuff, well, that didn't really apply to this situation, but that was my self control story that I really had to, to watch myself with. Cause tell you what civilian, I, I don't know. Civilian employment is like totally different. All right. We got a couple more, uh, comments. Val said, you got to master your own emotions, impulses, triggers, and you got to kind of learn these things or time to intuit. True. Aaron said, I think it starts with discipline for me. Something as simple as shaving every day, not giving up on the small things that, Open the door to more self-control. Yeah, the small things. Man, we get a lot of comments now. That's uh, that's Marty. Marty, is that your stuff? The hard truth? The hard truth. Keep pushing 23. Val said again, uh, it's possible to strengthen your emotional intelligence through practice and especially recognition to when you've crossed that line, a.k.a. point of no return, and avoid it. Okay. Here, when you have crossed the line, notice it. Hold yourself accountable. Then when you can do that, You've gained some strength and emotional intelligence, a.k.a. self-control. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Gloria said, uh, I don't know how to say that word. I'm just a dumb AO. Can you eludicate, oh, el- man, elucidate I gotta, hey, the topic on. of self-control? Hey, this is raw, right? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Siri. Elucidate means something. Explain. Uh-huh. Look at that. So, All right. Can you elucidate? The topic of self-control. You know, Mom, I think I think Val, go back up to Val's um, right there. I think Val knocked it out the park, um, honestly. Um, right there is uh, self-control is the ability, like I said, to uh, control uh, or regulate one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in the face of temptation and impulse. And then Val used that word accountability. You used the word accountability earlier. Um, having yourself, holding yourself accountable to a certain standard is maintaining self-control as well. Um, and that's very important if you ask me. So all right, we got some more. Jesse said, I hate that shit. Knife handing people puts people in their place. Just because we have PTSD doesn't mean we have to put up with rude motherfuckers. That was it. She didn't say it like that. Heath. No, she just said Heath. Oh. You're trying not to get whipped at home. I bet you never slap me, Low. See what happens. I wouldn't even try. Shit. I'd get beat by you, your mama, your th- three brother, sisters. I-, I wouldn't have a face left. So. I'm scared of Val. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're getting, we getting some good vibes in here, man. Yeah, I we like are. It. Yeah. I like this. I live stream. What's up? Glad to be back, too, by the way. That- yeah, we've been out for a little bit, moving the studio and... My mom's in town, so that's good. I got my mom and my stepdad. They got to see the grandkids, and tomorrow we're going up to uh, see the mountains. Mm-hmm. Hey, so I got a couple good things to talk about real quick. We're on the, you know what I mean? Since we're we're kind of free flowing out of topic now because we did kind of hammer that pretty good. I want to leave it as it is. 
But I was noticing some recent stats that just came out from the DOD, and I know that people probably been looking at it. But 60,000, 60, 60,000 veterans committed suicide last year. 60,000. So I'm going to pop this into quick math. Hold on. Let me see this real quick because I, I need to learn how to learn. So um, if you want to pull the calculator up and put, 60,000, right? Divided by, that's 164 people a day. A day. A day. I don't think people understand the gravity of that. That's huge. How many hours are in a day? (laughs) 24. Right? What's 164 divided by 24? That's almost seven. Seven, almost seven an hour. Seven an hour. And that's just vets, right? Yeah. That's not, that's. There's no telling how many in the civilian population as well. Population. I said population. 60,000. I like what, I like what, um, so, is that Aaron? Aaron said, uh, I believe having an accountability partner is helpful as well. Someone who won't judge, just listen. And he said, thank you for sharing. And thank, uh, oh, somebody that will listen and thank you for sharing. Well, Jay, let me tell you, accountability partner is huge. I think we, I think we do good of that in service sometimes with accountability partners. You know what I mean? But I think that it gets exaggerated too much. I think the best accountability partner that you can have in your life. And I, it's taken a a long time for me to notice this or to accept this either way you want to want to hash it out um, is your significant other. doesn't matter if it's your spouse, doesn't matter if you're engaged, your boyfriend, girlfriend. I think that that is the biggest accountability accountability partner that you can have because I think they're going to be the truest with you behind closed doors where you take the masks off. It's just you and them. You know what I mean? And it takes a lot to do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everybody's mask comes off and the, you know, and everything is shed behind the doors, et cetera. It takes a while. It takes practice. It takes the right persons, you know, to do it. So what is, uh, who's that one saying? Glorious. Mm-hmm. Gloria said it. So if someone doesn't take accountability for their actions, does that mean they have no self-control? No, I think, I think that it's, it's 50, 50, if that makes sense, because without you doing the action in the first place, then you wouldn't have to have the accountability in place to be accountable for that action. So I think it has to go hand in hand. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, so back to back to the deal with the vets, sixty thousand, right? It's a huge number. Um, how how on earth does the Department of Defense see stats like that, and we're not seeing more? You know what I mean? More support. They, I read something whenever all the stuff was going on uh, with the carrier, and they asked the Secretary of Defense, SecDef. Like, how are you going to fix this? What are you going to do to fix this? Why is this happening? And it's, he said, I don't have a clear answer for that. Mm. Well, that's because I think that they don't really take the time to find out. I really don't. I mean, I've been seeing a bunch of memes online and they bash his chiefs constantly, right? Mm-hmm. It's funny to read, but um, they're like, all these suicides happen. What do we do to fix it? <laughs> right. Make them shave. Yeah. Because of the shave thing. Yeah. I mean, you look, it's funny, but it's like, why would you come out with that right after? You know what I'm saying? 
is well you got insensitive fucking pricks out there too that you know they get their their kicks out of that shit but i don't know i see i see stuff on facebook all the time like i saw one last night that said i'm about to jump i'm done with this shit yada 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 right and i'm sitting there like oh fuck to me that was like okay this person about to jump off a bridge and the comment immediately following that was like i'll just just uh message me if you need to talk (laughs) dude's putting a cry out for help right there you message him what the fuck you know what i mean (laughs) and that's a good plug right now for objective zero if you don't if you don't have it there's an app called objective zero for vets that are dealing um with anything really and there's people and ambassadors in your area it'll show you on the map you click them and you can get a hold of them right away Marty said, uh, people assume that accountability partners there to keep you on your path. They're there for more than keeping you in check. They're an ear and a shoulder and an ass whipping when you need it. Yep. Gloria said, I feel for people who have PTSD. I suffered PTSD every day for the past 34 years, and I'm not saying anything negative, but it also will help if someone is trying to help, but the person doesn't want the help. True. Yeah. I mean, I've been there where I don't want nobody's fucking help. Yeah. Because people start, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? And I don't want to talk to nobody. I feel like it makes it fucking worse sometimes when you're in that, when you're so fucking immersed. Well, it's like peeling the layers back of an onion too, though. I mean, there's different layers that you peel back for certain people. You know what I mean? Like when you, okay, so when you meet somebody, the onion's whole, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to get to know that person and you strip away that first layer. You know what I mean? Because now you're starting to talk about a little bit different things. You're getting a little bit more in depth. And the more along the lines of you that you know somebody, those layers start getting unwound. Your best friend, you know what I mean? A couple more layers come off where you're talking about more in-depth shit. Where you start to cry because you're cutting onions. Pretty much. And then, <laughs> and then not to mention your significant other where even more layers come off. And now you're at the core of that onion. You know what I mean? For some people, and those are very few. The the deeper you go into that onion, the more fewer people you have in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's a big piece of that also, what you're talking about. So I guess the whole point of that onion speech, right, is to say that, yeah, for those intimate people that you have in your life, those are the people you want to talk to your PTSD about, right? And that's when it actually means something because you know that person for a while. But you're not, if somebody that barely knows you is going to start prying into your deepest, darkest fucking secrets, that's when you're going to start putting on the brakes and be like, hold on, who the, you know, I want to fucking talk about this right now, right? And I, to me, I don't think it's something that you should be prying on anyway, be honest with you. I think that you should allow somebody to come to you with that type of a talk if they want to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's the same thing if um, for like, I don't know, Anything else, you always wait for that person to come and talk to you about it. You don't just jump in there and and try to to probe them. Yeah. Because you're just going to shut them down. Yeah, like when the cops come talk to you. Mm. Now said, uh, if they notice it and then they don't want to do what it takes to not do it again, then that's not practicing self-control. Well, yeah, in a sense. But self-control is a is a thing that you're learning. You know what I mean? And you have to constantly be in check of, it's not hard to lose self-control, especially for victims of, of any type of trauma or things like that and situations that they're put into that 
negatively impact that or push that threshold to be able to break that self-control on certain things. Gloria said, some people think that you're trying to control them when all they're trying to do is help. And that's a hundred percent true because with me, my wife, Melanie would always be trying to help me. And I'm like, man, you're you just trying to control me all the time. Yeah. You're just trying to control the situation, trying to control me and not let me be who I am. She's like, I'm just trying to help. But when you're so deep in there, you're just like, fuck, no, everybody just wants to tell me what to do. Everybody's Everybody making it worse. Know. Yeah, yep. what's good for me. And mm-hmm. like Marty said, the person has to be ready for help. You do got to be in the mind state to be ready for the help. Will said, I don't think it'll ever be fixed. There are some people that are in, to- in leadership positions that actually care. A lot of them sadly don't. Also, some people are trained and aren't trained on how to handle certain situations. When I asked for help, my leadership thought it would be a good idea. It would be a good idea to make me work longer shifts to not think about my shit. No shit. Hey, and that's that's a damn honest to God's truth. You know, so I knew William and put it this way. His fucking first sergeant or some shit like that came to visit this kid. Right. And we're we're both in there. And so he goes and visits him. Okay. And, the, and he talks. I think it's like an hour. He's gone fucking poor guy comes back in there and he says, you know what this fucking asshole asked me? And, and we're in a mental ward. You know what I mean? First question out of his mouth is not, hey, how are you doing? You know? <laughs> hey, is there anything we can do for you? <laughs> right? No, they ask, hey, uh, just to let you know, make sure your, your fucking dress uniform's ready when you get back. You know? What the fuck for? You know what I mean? Like, really? You think that's what the fuck he's thinking about his fucking uniform no, at the time? No, no, but that's what he means by toxic leadership. Like they're so far in the fucking weeds that you know what I mean. Like that the, they can't poke their head out and look around and see what the fuck's going on. He's right. Like some people, they are not trained, or some people just don't have the heart, or they just don't know how to fucking act with it. It makes them fucking feel weird. You know what I mean? Jesse said, uh, "I have a friend that wanted to commit suicide, and I told him, man, at least call before you do it.'" And he laughed and said, "Jess, I'll call you, brother." I'm there for him and I'll drop it all if he calls. Yep. That's, 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 that's uh, deep, Jeff. And that's true, though, for a lot of us. Val said, uh, it's hard to convince a person with PTSD you're not trying to control them. I got to find a different approach. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she, is she talking about somebody specifically. <laughs> so I'm giving her the applause. What he said, the focus should not be fixed, rather to cope and ultimately heal. Yeah, and that's the hard part is the healing part because we always feel like we can't sometimes or like we're not worthy. You know what I mean? I think sometimes I'm not fucking worthy of having a good family. Sometimes I'm not worthy of having a a support group. Sometimes I'm not worthy of having good friends like Marty. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm not worthy of having... People like you in my life, Trey, you know what I mean? Trying to do something positive in the community. Sometimes I feel like I'm not worthy of this. You know what I mean? But like I said, it's got to unfuck my head with that shit, you know? Val said, here's a fucked up fact. People with PTSD, you have to try harder than normal, than normal people to control their own emotions. And that is just bullshit, she said. So I'm while well, I'm trying to understand that, though, is that is that saying that or is that a question? People with PTSD have to try harder than normal people to control their own emotions. Maybe people with PTSD have a harder time controlling their own emotions. And that it's just bullshit. People think it's just bullshit, maybe. No, it's true. Like I was was talking about earlier, when when it's like self-control, you take a, 
a person that was in the Las Vegas shooting, you know what I mean? And you put them out there in a similar situation with nobody shooting at all. And it's easier for them to lose self-control on certain aspects of, of trauma. You know what I mean? That they might be experiencing at the time in their head um, than it is for a normal person. I think that it is harder for somebody with PTSD to, to practice self-control on certain things, not saying it's a blanket excuse for everything, but definitely uh, is there in place. Yeah. She, she, man, she, she clarified. She said, because if you lose yourself one time, everybody thinks of you as a fucking crazy goose. Yeah, true. And why are you calling me short, Marty? (laughs) Uh Oh, my wife, Melanie's up in there. She said, Jesse, what are you willing to release? If the will is not there to release, then how can you heal? I think it's fear of release. Yeah. Not necessarily. And I don't want to get punched by Mel, but Mel, I'm just saying, um, I think it's the fear of release, not the will, because obviously you're scared to release everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's how much, how far are you willing to go without being, or, or with, with, with getting through your own fear of it? You know what I mean? And, and how are you going to feel? How is that going to make you feel when you do it? Oh, no, she wasn't talking to Jesse, my bad. She was saying my stepdad, Jesse Soto, was asking that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She said, that my, <laughs> what do you, what are you willing to release? If the will is not there to release, then how can you heal? That's what my stepdad was saying. Hey, you think we can get this phone call in here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. Call Val. Val said she wants to call in and explain. Let's see. Get her live real quick before we before we wrap things up for the evening. Hello? How do they have PTSD? It's kind of like, oh, you have a problem? Okay, how do we fix this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So people with PTSD, that they have to work so much harder to control their own emotions. And when that's already hard, they tend to hide it. So really, I don't think society really does much to help people with PTSD when they fucking should have classes for that because, I mean, these people want to war for us. You know what I mean? That's deep. So, but yeah, if you can get that there. That's me clarifying that. And I, I totally, I totally agree. I love you. Thank you for that. Or I could just beat your ass. Shit. All right. All right. Bye. I totally agree with that. I mean, that, that was said perfect. That was deep. Um, and you know, a lot of people say they're there for people with mental illness or that need mental help. But when they actually see somebody that's in crisis, the sad reality to me is that they turn the other way. Now there is a change going on in another article I read. Um, in New York, the police department there, right? They're actually um, promoting and funding mental health care for their officers now, which wasn't done. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because guess what? This is, this is meaning that the United States is finally getting into their heads that people suffer from mental illness. They're finally figuring this stuff out, that it's not a myth, that it's a fucking reality. And there's people out there that need help. I mean, when you have, when you have somebody in crisis and the first, the first thing to do, you know, is fucking call the police or some shit, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, and, 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 and everybody thinks, oh my God, all of a sudden now they're a threat to society. Is that truly the reality or is it, they're just having an episode, you know, do they, sometimes you don't know though. True. True. Sometimes you don't, you don't really know. So before we wrap, wrap things up, 
Um, we'll, we'll be getting to a couple more comments here, but I want you guys to also comment below in the comment box what you guys want. What do you think the topic should be for next week so we can start planning that as well? And then we'll hit these last few comments and then we'll wrap it up. Gloria said, uh, but if you have someone who's willing to stay, but stay by you to help you with your issues, but you're not willing to open up and be honest and open your whole being, then how do you expect them to stand by you? Big facts. That's a good fact. Very good fact. Um, the thing is, is when you, when you say that, how much, right, has to be released at one time for somebody to say, okay, they're trying or, you know what I mean? They're, they're really trying to open up. Cause like I said, just like relationships are like peeling back the layers of an onion. So is the layers of trauma. You have trauma that goes on for years. And my mom, like she says, she's, she's had trauma for shit, 34 years. You know, she, I mean, shit, I won't put any of her stuff out here, you know, but if she was ever willing to to talk about some of it, just, just, a, just the inkling of something that she's been through. Holy fuck, man. You'll fall out of your chair. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's certain layers of trauma to everything. Um, and it's not all going to come out at once. I don't think doesn't mean it shouldn't, but doesn't mean it's all going to come. All right. We got some of the last ones we're going to finish up with right here. We got, uh, Will said PTSD is a taboo to society. You say you have and people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. I think anything with mental health, people say anything, mental health, boom. Yeah. You're, people, automatically, you're automatically cast into that stigma. Marty said, let's talk about resilience next. He also said, no more participation trophies. Damn it, your kid sucks. Practice. Amen. That's a fucking Amen to that. That's a fact. And you know what? That's true on many levels because then you set them up for failure later down the road because they think they're fucking good at everything. They're really not. And then when they get that one guy like me that says, hey, you fucking suck. Then they're like, what do you mean? Then their whole life crashes down in front of them. Then they want to go jump off a bridge. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Can't be good at everything, but amen. Hey, I want to say before we jump, you know, jump out of the. Uh, yeah, because our. Thanks, mom. Love you, too. And thanks for your insight on the podcast. Thanks, for everybody, for their insight on uh, the live stream. Um, when we wrap it up here, we'll be talking about uh, resilience um, for next week. Thanks for the top topic hit, uh, Marty and uh, Melanie. Yeah, let me leave you this last one for Melanie right yeah, quick. She uh, she left a good one right there. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's deep. That's good. That's awesome stuff. By the way, um, I know we have some Christian followers as well. Yep. Um, Tracy, she was one of our people that's been helping us. Mm-hmm. She said she, she would like... Or there's more Christian followers that would like uh, more verses if you can send them to them, Bible verses and how the Bible. Sure. And what I can do, um, I think our website's almost up. And I was thinking about doing that actually on the blog page. Mm-hmm. When actually, you know, when we talk about these topics to actually write up write up something mm-hmm. with the verses in it and what I feel. Because I can talk live stream all day, you know what I mean, and, and let things flow. But um my wife can attest to this when I, when I get down into actually writing, um, I can really decipher some stuff writing and I, I come up with some, some greater context of, uh, spiritualness and things like that when it comes to, you know, the Bible and just theology, you know what I mean? Like, like being able to, 
to put some good info out there. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, definitely for our Christian followers out there, we will definitely up the game. It's coming. Um, you can tell uh, we're up in the game every day that we can. I wanted to say thank you again to all our donors out there that have given us uh, some type of donation. Um, we'll be looking for more donations in the future. Obviously, we're trying to get this uh, 3C, 4C together uh, to be able to... A nonprofit. Yeah, to be able to expand. I mean, we want to take this thing home. You know what I mean? Major step was Objective Zero. Um, I first learned about Objective Zero through one vet named Saul Gomez. He's one of our viewers. And uh, I checked out the app. Um and that app has been field tested before. Um, and let me tell you, if you were to say, hey, I feel like killing myself, I need to talk to somebody, and you go on there, you go to the message board, you will have every vet that is up at that time emailing you, seeing it, you know, trying to talk you off that ledge. And that's what it was created for. There's a lot of good um, stuff in there, a lot of good. There's podcast stuff. Our podcast is in there now. Um, they added our stuff into there. Uh, so you can check out our podcast through there. Their links for for that are in there. They have a lot of different programs uh, that are listed in there that you can read up on. A lot of different resources, especially self self help lines and things like that. Um, so please download that app. It's not just for vets. I mean, you know, you can go in there. It's for mental health uh, practitioners and things like that too. Um, psychiatrists that are listening in now uh, be a great way to be able to talk to some some folks out there and I help them through their time of crisis when they come across that message traffic and say, Hey, I need a, I need an ear like right now, you know, great app. Um, Nick Reese, thank you brother for, for all you've done. Um, we're looking for board members. I know that, uh, we're getting things rolling guys. This is definitely taking off into a direction that I didn't initially see happening i don't think trey saw it either no but the support and inspiration that we've received um is humbling and we're not going to let it down you know we're not going to let you down if this is what you want this is what you're going to get and we're going to get it we're going to get it way yeah. more than what it is now so yeah we uh we like like you said we appreciate all the donors all the donations have been coming in um we got a paypal if you if you feel the need to donate anything if you can only if you can uh, we're on PayPal, PayPal, uh, PayPal.me slash why that cast. You want to check that out. Like you said, we want to thank Nick. There's logo right here for really putting out the word for us. Uh, Night Owl Tattoo hooked it up. And then North End Fitness. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yvette helping us out. Cindy, her right hand helping us out. Um, It's big. We just want to give back. We just want to give back for the people that have been there for us that have even though we've had the bullshit and we didn't want the help and everything, we just want to give back that one person who was in there the way we were. Maybe they'll listen to this and, and feel it. That's, that's the whole aim here. Yeah. So we appreciate y'all coming out, spending time with us today, out of your day, out of your night tonight. Uh, listen to us babble along, yeah. have fun. Um, we appreciate it, but, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tell your friends, tell your family. Share away if you can. Uh, we appreciate it, guys. Peace. Peace.